Welcome to today's episode of Empowered, a perfectionist guide to imperfection, hosted by me, Miranda Lee. It's time to take back control of our lives, and it's time to write our own story. Remember, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today is part two of my interview with Isabella Casimiro, medium, energy healer, intuitive guide, and emotion code practitioner. It is going to be so good, and I'm so excited for you guys to listen. Let's get it started. Like, I know you talked about having an eating disorder, and I'm just curious, um, just, I mean, multiple questions about it. One, do you think, like, your energy healing is something that helped you get through it? Or, like, did you also seek professional help? And, like, are you worried about, um, I don't know, like, your mental health and, like, relationship with yourself and, and food going into the show, because I know it's, it is, it is really hard. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, that was honestly one of my, originally my driving force to do it. So I wanted to do a show for years and I've just always one excuse after another as to like, why not to do it. Um, but when I first got the idea in my head to do it was, because of that, like I needed to prove to myself that that relationship with food um, was healed and it could be monitored in a healthy way. So it's not just like anorexia, just not eating because you don't want to. Everything is controlled. And that's kind of what eating disorders are. It's the control. There's no control in your life and so many other aspects. That's the one thing that you can. And this, it's already monitored for me. Um, I was a little bit worried just because I'm like, okay, I know my past relationship with food. This might not be the best thing. Just, you know, full disclosure might not be the best thing for me to do by no means. And I'm sure a lot of people are against it, having, doing these shows and putting your body through that and going back to that sense of control. Um, but for me, I think it'll just be another healing process for me in terms of my relationship with food. I think that I've gotten really well, um, gotten further in that and I've mended my relationship with food. Of course, I still have my moments and I still have people that check up on me. I still have people that ask me, are you eating? Um, I still have people that might, you know, unconsciously look at my knuckles, but all of that, I'm vocal. I know when I need help. Um, and how I got through it, I think you asked, um, like if I sought help, yeah. When I was, um, 16, when I was 15 or 16, probably 15, I told my mom I needed to go to the therapist. Um, I was like, I don't know how to help myself. I don't want you to help myself. I was very bad at, like I said, I was very bad at expressing. I was like, I don't really want to talk to the people closest to me. Um, I journal and I can vent to myself all I want, but I needed to go to therapy. And so I asked for it. I asked my mom to take me to therapy and I did that. And then um, my like senior year of high school and like the first two years out of college, um, that's when I was, had anorexia. I wasn't eating in my senior year of high school. I would eat 
like a Ziploc baggie of goldfish at lunch. Um, I would have little like energy, like three energy balls, like <clears throat> peanut butter with like oatmeal. And I would have like a yogurt for breakfast. And then I would probably have like a bowl of fruit with like milk or something. And that was like all my meals for the day. And I had everything like tracked in my phone. Like I would make notes like, okay, this is what I ate. This is what you're going to eat tomorrow. All of that. So it was very much controlled. Um, and then it wasn't until one day it just kind of clicked. Like, I don't want to do this anymore, you know? And I know that it's, sounds easy um and I know that that's not the case for a lot of people but I think for me it was really just one day it was like fuck let's step out of it um my friends my two best friends were a year older than me so they were out of kind of my circle and one moved away and so when she came back and she looked at me and she was like your teeth are always white and let me see your knuckles and my knuckles were like all destroyed um because I was throwing up so much after every single meal I would throw up and my brother I mean he didn't know how to help me either just say like just eat just eat you know and it's not it's easier said than done like it's such a natural thing that we do we eat you know we're humans we need to eat or else we die um but it's very very hard and I think it also it was just a lot of factors like my anxiety my depression my abuse my anything and then Today I was thinking about it and I was like, that, literally today, um, I was like, swim played a huge, 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 huge role. Um, when we're little, I mean, I'm like a little kid, like starting at five years old. And I remember so specifically, probably around like age 10. And I would practice at the same time as like the, the big kids, as like the high schoolers, the, who knows. And obviously it's like, oh, they're so cute, but like I'm this little kid and like in a little one piece, I'm a little chubby and I would walk onto the pool deck with my equipment bag, like with my fins and all of that in front of my body um, so that nobody could see me from like the waist down. I was like covered with my bag. And then as soon as I'd get to the lane, I would just rest it on my legs so that I didn't have to put it down yet until I actually got in the water because I was already so self-conscious so I was already so had that like body image because of swimming being in a swimsuit and being so exposed all the time since I was a baby basically um that as I got older I think it was just heightened and then especially like high school swim like okay I'm gonna be in like a, a swimsuit every day and even if it's not like a one piece I'm you know it's cute like we wear like the Jolin two pieces stuff like that so and I wanted to do that. And like, to me, I was never small enough to do so until I just was disappearing and nobody noticed because I was never, ever, just because I didn't like it, um, wanted to wear tight clothings until my senior year, I was captain and we have to like, we walk out in the, in the spring sports assembly in our swimsuits and shorts. And I walked out in the front and so that was the first time that like really everybody and like adults had seen me with, you know, something so tight and my shorts were a size zero and they were falling off my waist and I was just so thin. And that's when like pe my teachers started telling me like, what's going on or like no more, you know, um, this doesn't look good or whatever, just in their best way trying to help me. 
Um, but again, they don't know how. So I think it was really just one day I was just like, I don't want to, I want to eat. <laughs> I'm hungry. I want to eat. And that was it. So when I'm really stressed or anxious, I don't eat. Um, and that's something that I still struggle with, but I think it's more manageable now. I know, you know, like I need to eat. Um, I don't let myself go as long as I used to, or like, I know I need to eat at my times or like portions, stuff like that. Um, I've never been like a, a binger. Um, so it wasn't, I wouldn't like binge to throw up. It was just anything I ate, I would throw up or I wouldn't eat at all. So I think what I do now is definitely a hundred percent just because everything is so tied together. All of, you know, these emotions, guilt, shame, I hold all of my guilt, all of my shame. Those are the two biggest things that I kind of like struggle with is feeling guilty for a lot of stuff. Um, and I hold that all in my stomach. So I tore apart my stomach. I had to get my tonsils removed because I destroyed my tonsils. So many like side effects of everything that too was like, get your shit together. Um, and as I started healing so many other parts of my life and myself, it all just kind of ties in together and eventually you're, it's all layers. So you're peeling so many layers and healing so many other things that have a chain reaction in your body. When you release one thing, you know, it can affect everything else in your body. So I think that too, and like mindset, um, yeah, my mindset had to do a complete 180, but a hundred percent, I don't think I would be here if it weren't for emotion code. Gen genuinely, that was probably my, saving grace and I've been doing this for years now so years and years and years of treating myself um and advocating for myself has helped me heal all of those different aspects and of course like I said I still struggle I'm probably always going to but I like to think I've mended my relationship with health and fitness um but I'm gonna have days you know I have good and I have bad days Exactly. And like you said, people who like they don't experience who aren't experiencing it, like they don't understand. And, you know, I've, I've had to deal with that too, like with my relationship with food and my past eating disorder. And you're right, it's not, it's never going to go away. And it's always going to be something that we struggle with, but we'll at least struggle with it less. I'm actually, I just started reading this book that you made me think of it. It's called Women, Food and God. Um, by Janine Roth and she kind of says that people's relationship with food like reflects their relationship like with other things in their life so like even like you said all these things kind of connect and it was kind of making me think hearing your story I wonder if because all these things that were going on with your life like with like the spirits and all the like these emotions and all these things that basically you couldn't control in your life the only thing you can control is your food and your body and what it looks like. So I wonder if you were just kind of grasping. I know it was one of my things, like I, we know with my tics, my anxiety, my OCD, food and my relationship with food is the only thing I could control. So I wonder if that probably had to do with you as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it's all about control and loosening control. Um, when you, start to heal you loosen that's that's ultimately what you're doing is loosening the control that you have on your body um and those relationships and like being in abusive relationships or like during that time i had just been cheated on so it was kind of too like look what you did to me 
you know i can control my own pain and my own self-destruction but look at how look at what you caused in me or like my parents divorce it's like i can't control them i can't control my family falling apart so i can control this you know i can control how many bites i take i can control how many things i eat in the day i can control if i make myself throw up i'm doing that myself nobody else is doing it to me nobody else is forcing me to eat or taking the food away from me it's all me so that was like the one thing it was all me um and i think people i who think that they're really independent struggle with it too because it's such a singular thing like it affects ultimately everybody around you because now they're scared for you or they're trying to help you they're not realizing and then they're feeling guilty that they didn't realize it and it's such an independent and internal thing. Um, I think 100% like it has to do with control. It's all control and letting go of control. And that's something that I talk about so much of now is like letting go of that control and forgiveness um, of myself. I went through it and that's it. You know, I went through it, I can't change it. So all that's left for me to do is forgive myself for going through it, forgive all of the factors that I could have potentially blamed for it, forgiven the people around me for not noticing, forgiven them for, you know, those remarks, like just fucking eat. <laughs> all of that, it's all about letting go of control and forgiveness, I think. Um, those are like the two most important things I think that go hand in hand with it. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think just like knowing that like control isn't like an all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Like even with you talking about like your show that you're doing, like you have the control. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that you're going to do fine. You're going to do amazing. But I think just knowing that you can get halfway through and be like, you know what, this isn't healthy for me mm -hmm. and I can stop instead yeah. of like the old mindset of I'm doing this, I have to finish it or I'm not doing it at all. Yeah. And I think too, I'm just... I, I don't think I'll get to that point because I'm so excited for myself. <laughs> I'm so just ready to experience it and finally go through with it and not let my own limiting beliefs kind of continue to hold me back in that sense and like everything that I want to do. So same thing with this. It was like my own limiting beliefs that were keeping me from sharing my gifts or abilities mm -hmm. with people um talking myself out of things and I think that's like why now I'm like no I'm ready to do it I know that I can I know that I'm gonna win I know that I'm gonna you know all of these things that's just kind of like shit that's the last thing on my mind at this point initially it was the first thing on my mind and I know everybody else around me is kind of like is that a good idea but I'm like no I know what I'm capable of mm -hmm. I know my limits I know my control ultimately so I'm, I'm just very excited to experience it, I think. And my boyfriend's also a trainer and he knows my past and mm -hmm. same thing. I think every goes back to what I was saying, my support system, everybody around me knows, and they're very aware of my cues. They're very aware of kind of like my attitude and seeing things, um, seeing patterns. So I have a lot of people to help keep me in line in that sense. Well, even just hearing you talk about it right now and how, and how excited you are, and it all has to do with the driving force and the motivation for why you're doing it. 
Like I can just hear like, you're doing it because you want to see what you're capable. You want to cel- yeah. be capable of, you want to celebrate what your body can do. Like you've been working so hard and it's not, you're going in with the mindset of like, man, I can't wait to see how small I can get, you know? Like, no, I mean, I think inevitably being a hundred percent honest. Yes. Um, not, not in like those terms, like seeing how mm-hmm. small I can get, but seeing how I can transform my body. Like I've even as skinny as I would get, I never had abs, you know, like it, that's something that you have to work for. And it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of willpower to do. It's not like you're just going to stop eating and your body completely sheds everything off. No, like there's so many building aspects. That's Mm -hmm. the fun part is kind of like building up to it and then reversing it. So like the whole process of it is more intriguing to me and seeing like seeing my body in a state where it's never been before because Mm -hmm. I've been super skinny. I've been 105 bones and not necessarily even liked it. It was just like, and that's not how I saw myself. And now I think I can see myself and appreciate myself for what I am, who I am, what I look like, what I feel like. Um, So I think it's all kind of like an interpretation process at the same time, how you interpret yourself and how I'm going to see myself because who knows, maybe I see myself that small and I'm like, shit, I don't like this. You know, it was fun for a month, but Mm -hmm. that's not it. And then you work up another goal, you know? So I'm ultimately, I'm just very excited. (laughs) That is so exciting. And even like when you say how, like when we were talking before this and you say Mm -hmm. how you, you are bulking and doing stuff like the fact that you're even comfortable with bulking, like knows that you're, I know that it's not like, I know that I'm not going to get huge. Yeah. People, I think the same thing, misconceptions about girls and lifting. Like even my dad has told me like, don't you think that's enough? And I'm like, no, like this is my strongest. This is my sexiest self. Literally yeah. that's like, when I felt like I had no self-esteem, the one thing that did kind of build it back up was lifting and like seeing like, fuck, I'm so strong, like inside and physically I can lift shit that you can't you know and I like how I look I like how it feels and I'm not bulky I don't look like a guy you know I love lifting upper body I love training back my arms it's fun to me and that is where I think I find the most sex appeal in myself is when I'm lifting I know it's like sweaty and gross but that's when I feel like my most confident like look at this shit you know (laughs) look what I can do (laughs) so Everybody, I mean, preferences too. Everybody's preference is different. They might not, not like how I look, but ultimately it's up to me. Exactly. Like you're the only person that you spend 100% of your life with. So the only opinion that really matters is your own. Exactly. And I, I love that. I think that's so awesome. So, and you were also talking about your, your anxiety. That's, that's something that's definitely come into play in one of the struggles that you've had. And you know, I thought it was really interesting because I've, you know, I follow you on Instagram. I, I watch your IGTVs and you were talking about anxiety cues and, and ticks and anxiety ticks. And, you know, I think that's really interesting because I do struggle with Tourette's, you know, I have a tick disorder and just seeing someone who I can relate to and some of the ticks that you were talking about that, that you have is something I'm like, oh my gosh, I have that too. Hey buddy, you know? I know. <laughs> So, and just bringing awareness, like, oh my goodness, just being, how you said, like, be 
nice to people like people people were always coming at me I don't know about you but it's like why can't you just ask me it nicely (laughs) yeah I think I did take it to heart sometimes when it was like the same people and I'm like you already know like I've already said this I shouldn't have to say it again and then I would get kind of aggravated um but yeah just be kind be a nice person and people too they don't know um they don't know what it is that's happening to you I mean Mm -hmm. like mine that was like my main cue was I would (laughs) a lot and so imagine sitting next to somebody who's just like making either not coughing they're not clearing their throat but there's just like some noises coming out of them and they're like (laughs) and they'll start laughing with me and I'm like what are you laughing at and then I take it like they're laughing at me you know like why are you laughing like it's a struggle you know and I'm like no I'm not laughing like I'm it's a tick and I would say it flat out I'm like it's an anxiety tick like I'm not laughing so don't laugh with me (laughs) like because that's not what's happening um and same thing being nice back of course I, I don't snap at people but that was kind of like the main thing and then people are just telling you okay well stop that stop that I had somebody tell me so you can probably see I do that it's like most of the time it's kind of mild but that's the main one Mm -hmm. um or that like stretching my eyes or sometimes all at once (laughs) and I had one person um when I was working at the gym tell me like you're too pretty to be doing that Uh, excuse me (laughs) I was like what like that's the worst shit I've ever heard like that's the worst one I was like excuse me like it doesn't affect how pretty I am. It has nothing to do with my looks. Like, I'm sorry that one millisecond of me stretching my neck made you think that I was less beautiful in any sense. That's, that sounds like a you problem because yeah, I don't, it has nothing to do with it, you know, but some people really will come at you like that. Like just blatant things because they have no idea what it is. They haven't experienced it. They haven't sat with it. They haven't that was their own anxiety maybe you know a lot of people deal with it and they just don't know what it is um I think on the other hand lucky lucky for us that we have it lucky for us that our body gives us such intense cues that remind you okay you have something to work Mm -hmm. on you have you know sit with yourself what's making you so anxious it's our body gives us these cues because it knows what to do it knows what Mm -hmm. we need so I think it's also a blessing in disguise. I, it just reminds me of what I need to do, that I need to sit with myself and question all of these things, question my feelings. Um, so, of course, pros and cons. It has, I think, more cons, <laughs> but we have to flip your mindset also in that sense. Like, there has to be something good that comes out of it. And lucky for me, I know when I, have some, when I need some, to work on something, you don't maybe you know maybe you have other ways this is mine yeah oh my gosh you those are just such good points because it's it's so true and you know a a lot of people they they just don't know it so even if like it's something we struggle with at least we can you know raise awareness and like I love that you say that you just tell people like it's a tick yeah like I've never had an issue with with that I think the biggest one for me was my dad never understood it 
-hmm. And I think that would only make it worse. So if I have like one piece of advice for anybody and any parents who see it is don't tell them to just stop. Same thing Mm -hmm. with like the eating disorders. Don't tell me to just stop doing something. Don't tell me to just, you know, quit it. You know, you're not anxious to stop. Like, no, you don't know what it feels like inside my body. I can't control it. And then that makes you more anxious. And it makes you do whatever you're already doing even more. So I'm like, you're not helping me in any in any way whatsoever. Yeah. You're only making it worse. So if you really want to help me, investigate. Ask me why, you know, like find other ways to help me. And granted, it's not always going to work either. My mom would try to have me do like breath work and all of that. And then I would just get, I didn't know what it was either. I didn't know about anxiety when I was eight years old and like sitting there being told like, just breathe. I'm like, like, I don't want to just breathe. Like I have so much inside. Like, I don't know how to, and that was like another thing. It was like, that's the way of your body releasing it too. So I'm like, "Mm, stop, just let me deal with it. But of course that's not how it's either. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy hearing you say this because like this is like literally exactly like what I've gone through and I, I've never met anyone in a similar situation like my mom same way she would be like just breathe like she would like rub my back she'd be like relax yeah. and it's like well two things one that doesn't it doesn't help but you know keep rubbing my back that feels nice but <laughs> like second now that what going I don't know about you when people bring attention to it I'm just like oh crap now I'm gonna do it even more because I wasn't aware of it but now I'm just like "Mm -hmm." yeah and that's what happens to me it's like once I start talking about it inevitably I start doing it um and so that's why like even like I was a little bit self-conscious about it and like the video that I talked about it because I was talking about it and it didn't make me anxious but I think like right before I started talking about it I was like what do I even say you know like I know what I'm talking about, but fucking, I'm just going to start talking. And like, that in itself was like, so like in the whole video, I'm like, and like trying to, you know, play it off. And that's what we do. We're very good at, we're chameleons. We're good at, very good at hiding stuff. Very good at pretending like that's not what we're doing or, you know, I'm fidgeting. Oh, I'm just like, I'm itchy. You know, like there's so many little things, but definitely I think once you start talking about it or like bring attention to it, it makes it worse that's why when my dad would say just stop he's I know he's noticing it now I'm gonna do it even more like exactly so I know even us talking about it right now I'm like I know <laughs> I'm like I'm watching myself and I'm like trying just relax Are you okay I know, but even like you say like we're chameleons we're so good at hiding and like me like one of them is I have this head nod so what I do is like I, if I make it, I hide it where I make it look like I'm just agreeing or I go, mm-hmm, but really I have the throat thing too. So yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, before people would be like, what are you humming? Like, why do you keep humming? Yeah. So then I, you know, I learned how to do the head nod and be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you agree with me. And I'm like, I don't even know what we're talking about. I'm just doing my tics. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's very consuming. It's very consuming. It is. Like, it's exhausting. Just, it's exhausting. Like sometimes I'll get sick to my stomach because it just takes so much energy that like my stomach starts to hurt or my, my neck gets tense and I'm just like, bro, I need a nap. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I think now I'm just kind of flown with it. I'm like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. 
it's part of me. I can hide it as much as I can, but ultimately I know that it's just telling me to work on something or to do something, say something. Um, so I try to act on it and then I just let it flow. If I'm like in a bout of like taking a lot, I'm just like, I'm just going to let it happen. And then I'll, I'll reflect on it once, once it passes, because the more you try to suppress it, your body wants to feel it. Your body needs to release it. Your body needs to feel that like satisfaction of doing it. And I think it's just even more counterintuitive if we try to shove it down because then you're just suppressing it all. Like I think just deal with it, let it flow, go through your bout. And once it's over, okay, like what was I really so anxious about? Why did that happen? You know, reflect on it and question it, heal through that situation um, instead of just suppressing it really. Mm-hmm. So that's something I have a hard time with is um, I do suppress my feelings and my emotions. And I know that you said that's something that you used to do. You had a hard time expressing your emotions and people tell me all the time, like, Miranda, you need to stop holding all your emotions in. And, you know, I, I've heard the phrase like emotions can't hit a moving target and I'm literally a moving target. Like, so I don't have to feel my emotions. I go and go and go and I get so busy and people just feel your emotions. How? Can you tell me how, Issa? Because I literally don't know how. It's like, just sit there and cry. I'm like, I need a little more than that. (laughs) Well, that, I mean, that is very true. Um, A good good cry is very important for you. I can tell you why. You release so many hormones, oxytocin, you reset. You basically stimulate and reset your parasympathetic nervous system when you cry. So your body needs to go through it to purge and release so that right after it can go back into a Zen state and chill you out. Um, And it's releasing so many toxins from your body. So like what I always say, it's kind of gross, but if you wouldn't hold in your throw up, why would you hold in your tears? If you wouldn't throw it, you know, you're, if you need to throw up, you're going to go to the bathroom or wherever you can to do so because that's disgusting. You're swallowing toxins, Mm -hmm. you're swallowing acid. So if you need to cry, it's another natural response from your body. Why would you hold it in? Why would you shove it back into your body when your body clearly wants to let it out? Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of like specifically feeling, feeling your feelings, I say feel all the things. Um, That's another thing. That's another part of control. Um, and the control aspect is we can control how we react and we can control if we sit with ourselves, sit with those feelings, but let your body flow, you know, let it flow through your body, let it feel everything. And if you can't, if it's too hard for you, okay, find a time to sit down or even in the moment. So for me, if I'm thinking something and I'm like, this isn't a feeling that I want in my body this doesn't align with me. This doesn't align with, you know, all of the self-help and all of the mantras that I have and my confidence. This isn't me. I'm like, okay, well, what is it teaching me? If, if I don't know, you know, what it is, it's like, okay, why, why am I feeling it? What is this reminding me to work on? Okay, you're having a memory and it's hard. Okay, why did it come up? Because you still need to heal it. You still need you know, if I'm mad, okay, I'm not gonna, I don't want to be mad anymore, you know, kind of like resist it. Don't resist it because resistance is another issue. Resistance is another part that 
you know, inhibits that healing process and releasing. You can't resist. Just, I think that's like one of the biggest things is don't resist it when you're anxious. That's why I say, I'm fucking, I'm anxious. I'm going to take, you know, let mm -hmm. me just let my body go through it and then I will reflect and work on it. Um, same thing with those emotions. Don't try to just neglect them because it's the same thing. Trapped emotions. They're just going to become little weights inside of your body that are keeping you attached to that memory, to that issue, to whatever it may be um, that it was caused by. So I think ultimately is just questioning it. Question everything. Question it until you get to feel free. Um, I think that's like the main thing. It's like, why, 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 why? What is it teaching me? why is this happening? What is it reminding me of? What is it telling me to do? So many questions that you can ask to kind of process it. And then you'll find that while you're kind of going through that and filling your mind with things to heal it, once you're done, it's like, wait, what was I talking about? Like, what was it? What was I doing? You know, because of it, you've just worked, you've talked yourself through it. You've worked through it. Um, so that's the main thing. Like, I think, okay, I don't want to feel this way. Why not? My body wants to feel it. Why not? What do I need to learn from it? What do I need to heal? The question. You question everything. Question your feelings. I, yeah, I, I like that. I think that's something I can start doing, just just questioning it, because I know it'll just bring more attention to it instead of like just shoving it, shoving it down. Because yeah, like you said, just adding adding some rocks to my collection. Mm -hmm. I, I have a little rock collection, so. <laughs> <laughs> and journaling. Journaling um that's my saving grace um I started journaling when I was tiny like I said I had a million I would have nightmares all the time so my mom would make me write them down um and like the idea was if I if you can write down and like get it physically out of your body then you shouldn't have the same one over again it shouldn't happen again um so that's kind of like the power with writing is like actually letting it really flow out of your body instead of just internally, you get it out into the physical world also. Um, and writing just helps flow. It helps your flow. Um, even if like you don't know specifically something to write about, you can start writing about, okay, like I felt fearful today. Why did I feel fearful? Um, just start with that. Like start with one basic question or one basic topic and then it leads you down a whole rabbit hole of so many other things that can be kind of tied into it or stuff that you didn't know you had to let out. Or even if you don't know, you know, sometimes I'll just sit there and write the same thing over and over all over the same page until I feel like it released out of my body. Like, okay, I got it out. Um, so I think that's another thing is like sitting with yourself. And that's one of my best forms of self care. Self help is sitting with myself and letting myself have that time to, release so you say journaling and just sitting with sitting with yourself to release and just feel your feelings are there do you have any more like top tips for self-care um so yes my well self-care ultimately is whatever is nurturing to you so my self-care is going to be completely different to somebody else's self-care routines. Mine is lifting. That's self-care because I'm doing something that I love to do. I'm nurturing my body. I'm nurturing my mental health, releasing. It all, it all goes back to releasing. Like I'm releasing endorphins, toxins. 
I'm feeling good about myself. This is my best state. Um, and then doing like my whole ritual, lighting my Palo Santo, pulling cards for me that can be kind of guidance if I don't know what to work on for that day or if I just need motivation. I don't know what to write about. It gives me a topic, gives me something to work on that maybe I didn't know that I needed to work on. And self-care is inside and out. Like that's why I like to incorporate both aspects. So that's why I say lifting is my physical self-care along with, I mean, I'm a skincare junkie, like giving myself, allowing myself the time to pamper myself. Um, and then emotionally, spiritually, my self-care, how can I elevate? Like taking care of my body, I have to, I want to be my best self. So what do I have to do? And to me, that's journaling and going through a whole little ritual for myself. And that's exactly what it is. It's for myself and for nobody else, for me. Um, whatever is nurturing to you, that's going to be your self-care. And it could be a million things. Like these are just three very small or specific things that I do for self-care, but everything is self-care. If it makes you feel good, that's self-care. If it makes you feel good, do it again. Do it as much as you want. Do it every single day. Like go outside, get some sunshine to some people. That's all they need to feel rejoiced. That's their self-care. I'm going to sit outside for an hour. You know, it's, it's so different for everybody. Um, and holding myself accountable to giving myself those moments. Like, okay, there's, there's enough time in the day and not procrastinating for me. It's like, like that's a big thing. It's like, okay, I can do it later. I can do it later. So releasing that old habit and doing like, no, I can do it now. I'm literally doing nothing. I can do it now. I just, I'm too lazy to do it. Um, and honoring my good days and my bad days. I never really thought about it that way because, you know, I always say, you know, fitness and nutrition isn't a one size fits all. It's like something I always say, but self-care isn't either. I, I never thought about mm. that. Like whatever makes you feel good should be what you do. And yeah, yeah I guess that was a bad question. What are your top tips for self-care? Because it differs yeah. for everyone. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's a bad question. Shit, it helped you. You didn't know that either. You know? I know. I learned something. I mean, I've learned like a bazillion things, but you know, that's just like one more thing that I learned today. Exactly. Yep. Like you said, even going out in the sunshine. Go outside in the sun. Be barefoot. Sit in the grass. Like Mother Nature is your best healer. Ultimately, she will never let you down. So many benefits. So many so much insight, so much knowledge, you know, just sitting outside and receiving messages or whatever, sitting with yourself in nature, so much can come to you. That's the best healer there is, mama nature. <laughs> exactly. And he, exactly. And these are other, other things like um, getting enough sleep or drinking your water. I feel like everyone wants like this magical potion and it's like, go outside, get some nature, get some water, go to sleep. Mm -hmm. it's really that simple like are you doing all those things like this is what all of our ancestors were doing and they were they were straight chilling yep most days when I feel like shit when I'm really like I have a headache I don't feel good I don't want to do anything I'm super dehydrated and I know I know immediately because I get nauseous I start to feel cranky I don't feel good and I know that it's because I don't drink enough water like a lot of the time so now I'm trying to drink a gallon a day just because of that like so that I don't feel 
bad. I know that ultimately that's like one of the main factors when I feel bad is because I'm dehydrated um, or I haven't slept, you know, like I love my sleep. I make sure that I get enough sleep. That's, but I know some people who don't and they function on that, but ultimately you're kind of destroying so much inside of you because you're not letting all of the natural healing processes while you sleep take place. Mm -hmm. So people who think that they need to be on the go, 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 that's when they get the most done. No, when you get the most done and your body gets the most done, when you sleep, when you take care of your body. Yeah. And I think everyone like everyone needs different amounts of sleep, I guess. And I'm sure like genetics and ancestry, all that stuff has to do with it. You know, like, I feel like I need nine hours of sleep, but like my husband, he can get like six or seven and be good. Like he will wake up right in the morning and it could be because the Navy's trained him to, you know, run on no sleep, but he's kind of always been like that. And I'm just like, yo, I need a couple more hours. Give me a minute. <laughs> I know. That's like, that's how my boyfriend is. And I, I don't know if it's just his, like being a personal trainer, you have to sacrifice a lot of sleep to accommodate. And a lot of people want to work out at 5am, want to work out at 4.30am and you have to be ready. So I think he's just always in that mindset, like, no, I need to wake up. And so his body automatically wakes him, wakes him up at those hours. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I, I need eight to 10 hours of sleep. And then I, I can, I like function. If not, no, no. <laughs> Best part about owning our own business, we set our own hours, you know? I know. I'll come home and I'm like chilling, getting up, but it's like 8 a.m. and he's like coming home from already having like three clients. I'm like, good morning. <laughs> Dude, same. I'm like, I do not want to wake up before the sun. No, thanks. So, so this podcast, you know, is called A Perfectionist Guide to Imperfection. And so, in your professional opinion, why is aiming for perfection not a healthy goal to have? Striving for perfection most often than not leads to shattered expectations because you can have this idea of perfection, of a perfect whatever, and when you don't meet it, that's when that self-harm or those doubting feelings come and your idea of self-worth is really, you know, shattered in that sense because you're not meeting that perfectionism um i think it's important to know and have kind of like the looming free idea that you did the best you could in that moment with the tools and the information that you had Uh, we can overthink things and wish for different outcomes but ultimately i can look back and look at this podcast and say you know what shit i could have done this better i could have said this better but in this moment, I did the best that I could with the knowledge that I had, the words that I could get out, my interpretation, the way that you interpret it. I did the best that I could. And I think that's kind of my idea is, okay, ultimately, I did the best that I could with the tools that I had, with what I prepared, what I could come up with on the spot, whatever it is. And that's as best as as it's going to get right now. And next time, I'll be better because now I know the things to work on, but I'm not going to strive for perfection every single time when it's unattainable. And like I said, I did the best that I could. Um, And not, oh, not taking yourself too seriously. That's a big thing. Perfection is, I think, a very serious and controlled idea. And we're not about that anymore. We're about free flow. So 
I think don't take yourself too seriously. Don't think that you need to be perfect at all times. Don't think that you need to hold a serious face at all times. Laugh, enjoy, don't take yourself so seriously because that perfection is just going to inhibit you and I think ultimately hold you back a little bit and mess with your mental health. I agree. I think striving for perfection makes us focus on the past and the future, but we need to just be focused on the present. Yes, exactly. You did the best you could in that moment. You summed it up into one word. No, you said it beautifully. Like you've literally taught me so much in this hour and a half. I'm going to break this up into two episodes because it's so good and I want to keep everything that we talked about. I think it's funny because we only like, you know, we had a couple questions we were going to go over, but then it just went on this crazy course and, <laughs> and it was, oh my gosh, it was great. I just, I learned so much from you and, you know, thank you for coming on and, and sharing and where can our listeners find you and your, you know, your Instagram handle, your business, give it to us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun. A good way to reconnect. Everything is healing through Isa. T-H-R-U. So my website, all of my offerings are on my website, my contact info and booking info. Um, I only book through DM or text or calls or email, not through my website. Um, but I have a ton of new offerings on their specific packages with set intentions of things to work on. So for example, I have the new level up as your best self offering which I broke into four different sessions and each one has a specific focus to help you level up so that's www.healingthroughisa.com with t-h-r-u not through <laughs> and my instagram same thing at healing through isa t-h-r-u isa and then all of my like phone number and stuff like that is on my website and my instagram as well Awesome. I will put your website and your Instagram in the show notes so our listeners can look, go get a session with her because you're only going to come out better than you went in. I hope you guys enjoyed this two-part episode with Issa. If you haven't already, please make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. Your guys' support means so much to me. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I will see you guys in the next episode. (laughs) 